0: Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Taylor Wolf. I'm Nevada County's Public Information Officer. This afternoon, we have representatives from PG&E, AT&T, Nevada County Sheriff's Office, and our Office of Emergency Services to speak about the response to the current winter storms hitting our community. We'll hear from our panelists, and then we'll have a quick Q&A with our media partners before closing. With that, I'd like to welcome up Brandon Sanders from PG&E.
1: Good afternoon, Nevada County. My name is Brandon Sanders. I'm a local government affairs rep assigned to uh, pg and Sierra Division to include Nevada County here to provide you with the situational update on our operations in support of our communities and customers here. Um, I'd like to begin by saying that PG&E personnel continue to work at a safe and determined pace to restore electric service to those affected by this most recent winter storm. Unfortunately, Mother Nature has brought before us another challenging situation. A forested landscape suffering from a recovering from a prolonged drought coupled with heavy, low elevation snow has resulted in tree failure on a very substantial scale, impacting our overhead equipment throughout the county, resulting in a substantial number of customers being out of power for the last few days. I would like to note that every hour that goes by, PG&E is bringing customers back into service and we will continue to do so until this winter series of winter storms abates and moves off. Uh, We are very proud of the work our crews are doing in the field, and I'm gonna provide you with a few pieces of information that will hopefully give you some confidence in our efforts and uh, give you a little bit more uh, situational awareness around what we're doing. Currently in Nevada County, we have 27 line crews operating throughout the county on make safe and reconstruction efforts. 13 troublemen, also doing make safe efforts and assessment work so that we can prepare job packages to bring customers back into service. Given the number of tree failures we've experienced, we have 28 vegetation management crews in the field alongside 26 vegetation management inspectors validating their work and making sure that it is safe for us to rebuild the system in the overhead. Additionally, we have a large cadre of engineering clerical, and other programmatic support functions operating out of numerous offices throughout the division in support of our local community here. As of this afternoon, we have 479 damaged locations in Nevada County to include down, down conductor, broken cross arms, poles, transformers, and the like, almost entirely driven by tree failure oftentimes outside of PG&E's right-of-way and or our authorized vegetation management prescription. Currently throughout the county, we have just about 10,000 customers remaining out of power. That represents a really good improvement from the onset of the weather. We are aggressively seeking restoration opportunities for the community, and we'll continue to do so throughout this remaining uh, winter session here. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, I would like to also note that we have activated our fixed generation asset in Washington, Little Town of Washington. They do have uh, some level of support using that generator. And for our customers watching from Sierra County, we have also activated our fixed generation assets in the communities of Downeyville and Sierra City. I'd like to take a moment to talk about a few safety topics that are of the utmost importance not only to you as our customers, but to our crews in the field. The first of those. involves down power lines please never touch a down power line it can result in serious injury or even death to you do not touch it call 911 and PG&E first responders will mobilize to that location and render the location safe given access and other conditions additionally if, for those that are using portable generators which i know as many of you out there it's very important that you operate those in a safe way If it's incorrectly tied to your panel, it has the potential to backfeed into the circuit and potentially harm or kill our line workers in the field. So please be mindful of how you're operating portable generators. Ensure that they are a safe distance from the home with adequate ventilation and that they are properly connected to the devices they are powering. I can't stress enough, the improper use of portable generators is a risk to our personnel in the field and is not acceptable, so please be mindful of that. If you need direction on how to safely operate a portable generator, please visit pge.com slash backup power. Those are my primary updates for the moment. We are available to answer questions. I would just like to end by saying that for all of you out there, we understand it's a frustrating situation, but we're working hard to safely and quickly bring service back to you. For those who are watching, please, Treat those individuals in the field who are working 16-hour days in challenging conditions with kindness and respect. They are your neighbors, your t-ball coaches, members of your church and the like. They live here, they love this place, and they're working hard to bring you back into service. Thank you.
2: Good afternoon. My name is Alice Perez. I work with AT&T External Affairs and I cover 16 counties um, and this happens to be one of them. Um, We're here today to give you an update on our efforts in this area. Um, we realize that along with Nevada County, several other counties have been impacted as well. We have over 20 crews working in this area to restore services that include our wireline as far as wir- and wireless services. Um, we are working in lockstep with PG&E as we can to gain access to areas um, that are deemed safe. A large part of our problem has been getting access to areas where the roads are clear. Um, particularly in areas where lines may be down, we cannot go into those areas until pg e has told us it is safe to access those areas. So we're wo- we're working in lockstep with them as well as with the county as we're made aware of these areas that we can get into. Um, we had two cell sites that reported down in the area. One is in the process of a generator getting refueled, um, should be any moment now. Um, the impact that we believe to residents in the area is pretty minimal. Um, There's another area that is along Highway 80 and the Nevada border, Nevada, um, I'm sorry, um, yeah, Nevada County, uh, Nevada State and California border. Um, That is not accessible as far as impacts are concerned to consumers. It's more impacts to um, the highway area that are there. Um, Our teams are looking at how do we restore efforts in a couple of ways. One, we're looking at how do we clear safety Um, from power lines, making sure that our lines are clear out of way. And we're asking residents to please be patient and not cut any lines, because if you cut any of our telephone lines, it could impact not only public safety, it could impact hospitals, medical, as well as your own services. Um, Additionally, our teams are doing an assessment of the areas where we have customers that have impacted um, wireline services and looking at how we can prioritize those areas to gain access to restoring the efforts so if there's any questions i'd be more than happy to answer those as well thank you
3: good afternoon nevada county i am your sheriff shannon moon Uh, just first of all want to uh say thank you to our community Uh, we have definitely gone through a lot through the last few years and another storm uh another storm forecasted i know a lot of folks are in need and just really want to do a, an overhead of what our sheriff's office and and the entirety of uh, your first responders, law enforcement and fire have been doing in Nevada County uh, since this, this particular storm has uh, taken over uh, most of the town here. We have been in constant uh, collaboration and, and communication with our Office of Emergency Services here in the county, which is also supported, of course, by our California Office of Emergency Services uh, knowing all the data points that are coming in of people that either need a request, uh, whether it's coming from our, our partners in 211, uh, where folks are, are uh, you know, dialing up and, and asking for requests, whether it's folks calling our dispatch center. Uh, we're fortunate enough in Nevada County, uh, we have one dispatch regional dispatch center that uh, covers all law enforcement agencies outside of the CHP. Uh, so any, anywhere anybody is in, in Nevada County, you call our 911 system here in Nevada County, you're going to get a Nevada County Sheriff's dispatcher that can then, uh, relay your requests out there, uh, to the, to the, uh, jurisdictional agency. Uh, we've heard a lot of times, uh, folks say they don't want to call 911, uh, because they don't think it's that impactful of, of where they're at and, and uh, whether it's a need, whether it's a driveway, whether it's power, whether it's heat. Uh that can be a public safety issue. And and I, I absolutely highly recommend folks call us so that we can come out and help. Uh law enforcement uh is not just about enforcing the law. We are here uh 24-7, 365 days of the year to making sure that our that our community is safe. And and we're really proud of that collaboration in Nevada County with our partners in in the municipal police departments, and definitely our, our uh, fire partners. They've been doing a lot of work out there since uh, the, the storm first hit. Uh, we have a lot of lessons learned from last year. Uh, I, I, I think uh, we still have a list of lessons learned that we will uh, continue to, to look at ways to improve. And part of that is communication. And, and it's really important that we, we get our friends uh, from uh, PG&E and AT&T here so that we can update the community on on where we are. I think it's... Uh, as a as a community member, it's frustrating uh, when you don't know when your power is going to come back on. So having that ability uh, to to get as much information uh, out to our community so that you you can make your informed decisions on whether or not to stay, maybe leave, uh, or call if if you need help. We've uh, handled a tremendous amount of calls for service for welfare checks, and when I say welfare check, that means someone maybe from outside the area that uh, sees the storm that we've uh, had trying to get a hold of their loved ones and they can't get through, whether it's because of a phone line down, whether it's a power line down. Uh, so they're, they're calling us and we're going out and we're trying to handle as many of those as we can. We're very fortunate in Nevada County to have uh, just tremendously uh, committed resources in our staff. Uh, they're just amazing how folks show up want to be a, uh, they want to help they want to be part of the solution. but we also have been really supported by our board here and our and our CEO's office with some high- level equipment that allows us to get to those locations whether that's a snow cat, whether that's um, a utility vehicle with tracks, different things uh, that, that assist us because we live in a, a mountainous area where we're not uh, we're, we, we do get snow here every single year. It's just the impacts of especially some of the community members that may have just moved here from outside the area and and haven't quite figured out uh, how to live in the snow. And and we're uh, just really want to make sure if you have a need that you call. Um, We have staff 24-7. We're very fortunate and we have a very robust search and rescue volunteer team that is a part of the sheriff's office. They've been out conducting uh, welfare checks with us, uh, assisting with us, assisting in folks getting out of some locations that have been very uh, challenging, uh, as well as a, a volunteer unit that does animal rescues. It's a Sheriff's Heart Program. Uh, they've done some amazing work out there with folks that have animals that might uh, need assistance, uh, just because of the the low level of of snow that came into to our county, and, and it's not immediately uh, you know melting. We, we're we're looking at. Uh, the load of the snow that is right now, plus we're looking at those forecasted uh, uh, the weather coming in in this next weekend, and know that it's 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 we're going to continue uh, having the 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 calls for service and the issues. So uh, again, I just want to um, say Nevada County. Uh, there's a there's a reason why I choose to live here. It's because of the wonderful people that live here, uh, and and I know a lot of folks are helping each other out there, uh, just just trying to be patient with uh, maybe some of the utilities that come through, and. You know, us making sure that, that we get that uh, updated communication, that timely communication, so that we can make our own decisions out there on um, on, on when our power is going to come back and and how we can at, at the sheriff's office assist PG&E with with getting the uh, equipment there, getting the the lines up, uh, so that we can we can all get back to some sense of normalcy with with at least our power. So we're uh, more than welcome to take uh, some questions as soon as we get done with the presentation. So thank you.
4: Good afternoon. Uh, my name is Craig Greesbach. I'm the director of emergency services for the Nevada County Office of Emergency Services. Um, our emergency operations center team activated on Friday after the um, onstart of the storms that came in. It's been fully staffed and will into the next week. This is a 24 seven operation for response and supportive efforts. WE DECLARED A LOCAL EMERGENCY AS WELL AS THE GOVERNOR DECLARING A STATE OF EMERGENCY EARLIER THIS WEEK THAT WILL BE REVIEWED AND RATIFIED BY OUR BOARD NEXT TUESDAY THE 7TH. ALL OUR PARTNERS INCLUDING THE CITY'S TOWN, CAL FIRE, at t um, LOCAL CONTRACTORS, CAL OES, MANY NONPROFITS ARE REALLY ALL INVOLVED IN THIS EFFORT TO RETURN OUR COMMUNITY TO NORMALCY. OUR FIRST RESPONDERS HAVE BEEN DOING AN UNBELIEVABLE JOB AS OUR SHERIFF JUST MENTIONED. I CAN'T SAY ENOUGH ABOUT THEIR RESPONSE. Um, REALLY THE SEARCH AND RESCUE TEAM, uh, THE SHERIFF HEART TEAM, OUR CITY AND TOWN POLICE DEPARTMENTS, CAL FIRE HAS BEEN CRUCIAL IN OUR uh, ROAD RECOVERY EFFORTS AND CLEARING ROADS AS WELL AS EMERGENCY RESPONSE AS WELL AS A LOT OF OUR LOCAL uh, FIRE DISTRICTS RESPONDING TO WELFARE CHECKS AND CALLS for SERVICE. WE HAVE ESTABLISHED A TASK FORCE FOR FIELD RESPONSE WITH CAL FIRE, PG&E, AT&T AND PUBLIC WORKS AND AS WELL AS SOME PRIVATE CONTRACTORS COORDINATING ROAD CLEARING. THIS IS ALSO A 24-7 OPERATION THAT HAS BEEN OCCURRING SINCE THE START OF THIS EVENT. 51 RESIDENTS WERE IN OUR SHELTER AT THE GRASS VALLEY VETS HALL OVERNIGHT, 10 OF THESE BEING DISPLACED HOMEOWNERS FROM WHETHER RUNNING OUT OF RESOURCES, uh, NOT HAVING POWER, uh, TREES HITTING HOMES AND THINGS LIKE THAT. Mainly the staffing for the shelter has been county-related staff, but also has been partners with nonprofits, including Sierra Roots, um, our city, uh, our city partners, Red Cross Salvation Army is helping us uh, feed a lot of these, these people at the shelter. So really it's a community effort that's going to, going to extend into next week, Thursday at noon. We're continuing to work closely with Cal OES to hopefully get additional resources up, up here um, to address the needs of the community as a whole. Our priorities today were clearing roads and getting ingress and egress opportunities back for the community. That way, people can return and gather supplies. Our first responders can get in. That has continued to be our main priority, along with power restoration and community restoration throughout the entire community. This weekend, uh, there's potentially looking at some higher winds at times with eight inches of snow on Saturday, four inches of snow on Sunday, and two inches on Monday, essentially adding. TO A LOT OF THE SNOW um, ACCUMULATION THAT WE'VE HAD ALREADY. WE'VE ALSO BEEN WORKING WITH OUR TELECOM PARTNERS THAT I WANTED TO MENTION TO PRIORITIZING A LOT OF OUR AREAS IN THE COUNTY WHERE THERE ARE outages AND WHERE WE CAN PRIORITIZE um, SERVICES TO BE CONTINUED. Uh, WE ALSO HAVE A WARMING SHELTER AT OUR LIBRARIES THAT'S OPERATIONAL um, THAT I WANTED TO MENTION. These are at uh, our metal Helling, Grass Valley and Truckee libraries that are open from 10 to 6 p.m. Our Penn Valley library that's open to 11 to 4 p.m and our doors Foley library that's 10 to 4 p.m. This has heat internet um, connectivity for charging your um, equipment, cell phones, whatever that looks like, but it is and it's just a place to go in and get warm if you need. Um, What we're urging folks into the weekend with the incoming storm to get supplies today, go out tonight and get supplies, groceries, gas for the generator, whatever you need. Uh, Make sure you have groceries for 72 hours. um, In worst case scenario, a heat source for 72 hours. So if you have firewood, bring firewood inside to where you don't have to go out and weather the storm. Um, GET YOUR MEDICATIONS, FUEL UP YOUR VEHICLE, AND MAKE SURE IT'S PARKED IN A LOCATION THAT YOU CAN ACTUALLY MOVE IT OR SHOVEL OUT um, FAIRLY EASILY. Um, and IF YOU NEED WINTER STORM INFORMATION AND RESOURCES, PLEASE CALL 211 CONNECTING POINT AT one 342 5211 AND ONLY USE 911 FOR EMERGENCIES. Um, Last thing I will say is if there are resources available, available, they are being used to bring our community back to normalcy from contractors in the field to state resources to all our first responders and all our other partners. We're attacking this as much as we can with the resources that are available. Um, Also know that we are your community. We are living without power. We are plowing ourselves out. We are here with you and as well as responding so we we get what you're going through. And we'll get through this just like we have um, all events. We're a very resilient community and we'll continue to be very resilient. And we're here with you and we'll get through this together. Thank you.
0: Great. At this time, we'd like to open it up to media questions. We do have a mic that we can hand around to you guys so we can catch you guys on our live stream audio as well. So Feel free go ahead and stand up if you have a question.
4: Uh, hello, Elias uh, Funes from the Union. Uh, this is for the uh, PG&E rep. Um, just wondering, the um, estimations of uh, power restoration um, are those taken into account this coming storm?
1: I'm sorry. Could you repeat the question? I was
4: the power uh, restorations that uh, estimations of time for restoration of the power that you've given out to folks. Um, is that taken into account this coming storm?
1: Um, We're definitely mindful of the incoming weather. I think the estimated times of restoration currently being provided are based on the current status of our estimating job package creation, crew availability, and crew assignment. So if we find that access limitations uh, sort of reinvigorate themselves, we've been challenged by icy roads, inability to get into certain neighborhoods. So if that uh, comes forward, I think it's fair to say that we could have challenges meeting those targets, um, unfortunately. so at this time, we're, we're committed to meeting those timeframes, but depending on the, this incoming weather and the impact it has, it could potentially affect those times. Thank you. Hey, good afternoon. I just
5: wanted to piggyback on that. I'm Claudio Mendoza sure. here with KVMR. Hi. Kind of two questions. I'll just go ahead and give them to you now at once. Uh, estimated times of restoration, how are those calculated? I've heard reports of people saying, you know, I got a text saying it's going to be a week, 40 minutes later, the power comes off or comes on rather. So how are those calculated? And then the second question is, how do you prioritize which circuits are repaired first? Is there any priority given to communities with elderly folks? Is a a rural community lower priority than it would be say the town center? Thanks.
1: Thank you, those are two really good questions. I'm gonna start with the second one. So in terms of the priority applied to customer restorations, the singular focus is on life safety initially. So (coughs) excuse me, so, Uh, senior care facilities, hospitals, um, things of that nature. Those are what we refer to as critical and essential customers. And those are the primary targets and priorities always. Um, And then it's really, it's what we call step restoration. So you have your substation, we start from the source and work our way outward. So we have to make sure that the system is intact as we make our way out into the further reaches of the community, because it doesn't make any sense for us to say, go out to North San Juan and rebuild a bunch of stuff when there's no source power to that location. So we have to start at the source, work our way out, rebuild the system in such a way that we can incrementally restore folks as the system is recovered. Um, There's also situations where uh, one neighborhood could have multiple damage locations that can't be be completed within a single day, whether that be access or, um, you know, just the, the, the workload and the ability, the confinement and the ability to put as many crews as we can into one location. So you could have a road per se that has eight poles damaged along it, but we can't put eight crews in there because there's simply no way to maintain that safe egress and ingress for public, public safety. And so there's a lot of complicating factors. There's no simple answer, but um, I will say the priority is always those that um, have a threat to life safety, like our infirmed and the, and the like, and those are our critical and essential customers. And then, uh, beyond that the priority is essentially based on the situation but typically starts from the source which could be the Brunswick substation or the grass valley substation and we work our way out from there um, and do step restoration as we complete repairs and sort of move our way out from the source until the job's done does that answer your question and then i'm sorry could you repeat your first question
5: so how do you calculate estimated times of restoration
1: so it's it's um there, there's also not a simple answer there it has a there's a number of factors that play into that it's the Complexity of the repair. So, uh, for example, if we lose a transmission circuit to a substation, we have to restore that transmission line, those high voltage, sixty kilovolt or higher transmission lines to the substation before we can begin repair on the distribution side. So, it's likely when you see these really prolonged estimated times of restoration, it's possible that there's a source interruption. So, we have to restore the source interruption before we can complete the repairs on the distribution side to bring the power to the homes or, or businesses. And so. It's it's a confluence of factors, it's crew availability, it's access. We have a, many, many places throughout Nevada County where we, keep, we can hardly get, you know, tracked equipment in just based on the field conditions, trees down, um, abandoned vehicles in the road. There's any number of factors that limit our ability to access certain areas. So it's a function of access. It's a function of uh, the complexity of the trouble, I would say. And then also just um, projecting out, once our assessment's complete, we create job packages and we... As those job packages are created, they're released to crews and day by day, they're out working those job packages based on the assessment that's been completed, the engineering that's been done for the repair and the availability of crews to go do that. So um, it's not an easy question to answer, but it's essentially a function of access, uh, the complexity of the repair, available resources, and the, the timeliness of the estimates and the engineering being completed to create those job. packages.
2: So my question is going to be for you, Brandon, and for Alice as well. Um, these winter storms were well forecast, well advertised, and a lot of people are wondering why there were not more resources prepositioned, and uh, what were your resources that you had prepositioned? and how much stress can you put on the local crews because they have been we all know the local crews have been working really hard and but uh, how about prepositioning more resources ahead of a storm? And what's and what is also with the coming storm? Do you have yeah. any more resources?
1: Thanks. I'll answer the question, Pascal. So this particular winter event was not exclusive to the Sierra Foothills, right? We had snow in Lake County, Napa County, Marin County, Sonoma County, all over the North State, and so we had all, over 450 crews staged for this event. But those weren't all available to Nevada County or the Sierra Foothills because we had similar situations in Lake County, Humboldt, Mendocino—I mean, throughout the territory—and so. 450, 475 crews is a lot, but when you when you lay this kind of low snow event, I mean, we had, there was snow on the Hollywood sign. So it was widespread, whereas the event that we had in December of 2021 was very local to the central Sierra region. And so we did have crews pre-positioned, but the, the, the widespread nature of the low snow event required us to equitably distribute resources across all of the impacted counties, which were no less than like 13 or 15. And so um, with that said, now that those counties have been more or less fully restored, all of those resources are coming. So um, I think that's the simple answer is this wasn't an exclusive event to Nevada County or even the central Sierra. It was very widespread low snow event throughout the state. What
2: about the upcoming storm this weekend?
1: We're ready. I heard as as recently as this afternoon that we've got uh, crews coming up from North Bay and various other divisions, uh, in addition to a number of contractors coming in from a variety of places. We brought crews down from Red Bluff, North Bay. I mean, they're all it's going to be a confluence of resources. We acknowledge there's an additional threat coming in. um, And so that's all in place. Um, But I think this one isn't going to be as as, uh, global of a low snow event as what we experienced with uh, this last one.
2: If I understood the question, it's how do we pre-plan resources for these events? Um, Some of it's utilizing historical data. And as you know, this year for us, it's been a very tough year with the rains throughout California. So we try to anticipate the needs in the communities that have been impacted thus far. And so we apply resources to that. Well, once the actual activity occurs, then we have to do an assessment in that period of time to see where the true impacts are. So we may have allocated resources to an area that previously had impact. We will pull those resources and bring them into another area as needed. So in this particular area, we anticipated what was needed. Immediately, we were able to pull some resources from other areas that didn't get the impact we anticipated. And we're continuing to pull in those resources as well.
0: Any additional questions?
5: Claudio Mendoza again from KVMR. This question might be for Mr. Griesbach. So I'm getting a lot of uh, reports of people not receiving their mail. I went to the post office. Both post offices are saying that they can't deliver mail because roads are unplowed or even worse, there's snow piled against mailboxes. And as you know, a lot of seniors in our community depend on the mail for important medications. Has the post office been in communication with the county to address that situation? And how is the county responding to that if so?
4: I can take a stab at part of this question, but then also have maybe Tricia come up from our um, community development agency perspective and the road crew perspective. This is a big reason why our priorities are ingress and egress and road clearing. So the services can actually be provided to all the areas in the county, not just emergency access, but for daily services. We're talking about trash service, mail, whatever that looks like. So that's one of the big reasons why that's a priority. we haven't necessarily been in contact with them today, as far as from a U.S. Postal Service perspective. But again, we, our focus has been the roadways themselves. We are we are in the process of trying to get additional resources from the state, so volunteer organizations, things like that, they can actually help people in need, specifically, especially our elder, uh, our older community, our just dis- persons with disabilities, things like that, to be able to clear their driveway, clearer private roads, because we have a lot more private roads than we have public roads that are maintained. And um, I'll let Tricia speak to that briefly.
6: Thank you, Craig. So I'm Tricia Tiltson. I'm the Community Development Agency Director and the Public Works Director for the County of Nevada. So um, as Craig was describing, uh, a lot of our, we leave snow berms after we plow, right? And so we maintain about 560 miles of roadway and um, part of that operation is there is a berm left over afterwards. Um, we encourage property owners to clear those berms as quickly as they can. Um, for those who are not able to, um, as Craig was saying, you know, you can contact local contractors, you can talk to your neighbors, that kind of thing. The Con- Nevada County Contractors Association is another good resource. Um, if you go to their website, they have a great list of local contractors who might be able to help. Um, as far as the, the post office, that's another thing with your, your mailbox, you would need to clear that area. Uh, although, you know, living in Alta Sierra, my clerk mailbox has been clear and I have not received mail either, so I can understand the, the concern there. Um, as far as uh, calls, I did want to just mention we've been receiving a record number of calls from folks and most people have been very appreciative, very respectful, and we do appreciate that. However, there have been many other calls of things that we just can't address, um, such as, can you clear the berm in front of our driveway? That's that's not a service that we can provide when we're still trying to open up roadways and especially dead-end roadways where some people haven't even been able to get out on county-maintained roads. So that's really our priority. Um, other calls are, you know, things like, can you tell us if uh, when the roadways are clear or if my route is clear? Um, you know, that's not something that we can easily provide to folks at any one moment, as you've heard from today. We have many resources out there from PG&E, t Cal Fire crews, our own crews, and then contractors out working on roadways. So the condition is very dynamic. Um, you know, we encourage folks, if you're able to stay home, you know, that's advisable. Um, if not, like Craig was saying, uh, it is good to get out and get your resources that you need for the upcoming storm.
0: So thank you. We have time for about one more question, if we have another one. All right. Seeing none, we'll go ahead and close the press conference today. I want to thank our media partners for attending. Um, Also, any KVMR listeners tuning in and anyone that tuned in during our live stream today, too. Thank you.